Welcome to day 324 of Shaped by the Word, season three, the story of the prophets. I'm Matt here with David and Katie, and we are working our way through the prophet Ezekiel. We are we are towards the end of Ezekiel, mm-hmm. and uh, we're in this great this great vision of the new temple uh, that Ezekiel has, where we've we've seen um, you know him walking and and being led by this angelic guide as they begin to see this this vision of this restored temple and. And ultimately, this section, if you're, if you're following along with us, uh, really should be read as one unit. That if you're reading Ezekiel 40 through 48, you should be reading this, seeing the the restoration of worship that is to come. Uh, as David said yesterday, this this messianic age that it points us towards, uh, because really this is a message of great hope, um, a, a great vision, and so much of this is is picked up as well in Revelation, uh, towards the end of Revelation. So mm-hmm. as we're reading this together over the next several weeks, uh, continue to, to keep that in mind. And it'll be it'll be um, encouraging. But where we find ourselves today is in the end of Ezekiel 40, uh, verse 48, to the end of chapter 41. And we finally come into the temple. And one of the, the great kind of climaxes of this part of it is we're going to actually get to see the Holy of Holies a little bit, you know, we see Ezekiel doesn't get to go in and the glory of the Lord is not yet returned to the temple. So if you remember earlier in Ezekiel, the glory of the Lord has left the temple. Uh, he left th- through the east. We talked about that uh, last week, that the, the place it starts is being to talk about the east gate being restored. And and that's, you know, exciting because there's a hope that the Lord will return through the east gate mm-hmm. back in to fill the temple and so what we see here is the new temple, uh, we see these dimensions, and and this would have just been a, a great encouragement. So before we read, we want to do as we always do. We want to pray. Uh, we want to yeah, ask the Lord to be with us, to draw near to us, and to bless our time together. So before we dive in, David, would you pray for us? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we do thank you so much for time in your word. And that's that as we look at your scriptures, that they, in many ways, would look at us and, and show us any uh, ways that we have, we've doubted you or, or, or not put our faith in you, and and even more so, help us to to behold this wonderful vision that you've given us uh, of things being restored and things being renewed and and being put back to the way they are meant to be. Um, we, we live in the middle of a time where things are or heading that way, but not quite yet. And so we're caught in this tension. And so thank you so much for the hope that you give us uh, that one day the tension will be gone and then all things will be restored. We pray us all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mm. Ezekiel 40 verse 48. He brought me to the portico of the temple and measured the jams of the portico. They were five cubits wide on either side. The width of the entrance was 14 cubits and its projecting walls were three cubits wide on either side. The portico was 20 cubits wide and 12 cubits from front to back. It was reached by a flight of stairs, and there were pillars on each side of the jams. Then the man brought me to the main hall and measured the jams. The width of the jams was 6 cubits on each side. The entrance was 10 cubits wide, and the projecting walls on each side of it were 10 cubits wide. He also measured the main hall. It was 40 cubits long and 20 cubits wide. Then he went into the inner sanctuary and measured the jams of the entrance. Each was two cubits wide. The entrance was six cubits wide, and the projecting walls on each side of it were seven cubits wide. And he measured the length of the inner sanctuary. It was 20 cubits, and its width was 20 cubits across the end of the main hall. He said to me, this is the most holy place. Then he measured the wall of the temple. It was six cubits thick, and each side room around the temple was four cubits wide. 
The side rooms were on three levels, one above another, 30 on each level. There were ledges all around the wall of the temple to serve as supports for the side rooms so that the supports were not inserted into the wall of the temple. The side rooms all around the temple were wider at each successive level. The structure surrounding the temple was built in ascending stages so that the rooms widened as one went upward. A stairway went up from the lowest floor to the top floor through the middle floor. I saw that the temple had raised, had a raised base all around it, forming the foundation of the side rooms. It was the length of a rod, six cubits, six long cubits. The outer wall of the side rooms was five cubits thick. The open area between the side rooms of the temple and the priest rooms was 20 cubits wide all around the temple. There were entrances to the side rooms from the open area, one on the north and another on the south, and the base adjoining the open area was five cubits wide all around. The building facing the temple courtyard on the west side was 70 cubits wide. The wall of the building was five cubits thick all around and its length was 90 cubits. Then he measured the temple. It was a hundred cubits long and the temple courtyard and the building with its walls were also a hundred cubits long and the width of the temple courtyard on the east, including the front of the temple was a hundred cubits. Then he measured the length of the building facing the courtyard at the rear of the temple, including its galleries on each, each side. It was a hundred cubits. The main hall, the inner sanctuary and the portico facing the court, as well as the thresholds and the narrow windows and the galleries around the temple of them, Around the three of them, everything beyond and including the threshold was covered with wood. The floor, the wall up to the windows, and the windows were covered. And the space above the outside of the entrance to the inner sanctuary and on the walls, at regular intervals, all around the inner and outer sanctuary, were carved cherubim and palm trees. Palm trees alternated uh, with cherubim. Each cherubim had two faces, the face of a human being toward the palm tree on the one side and the face of a lion toward the palm tree on the other. They were carved all around the whole temple. From the floor to the area above the entrance, cherubim and palm trees were carved on the wall of the main hall. The main hall had a rectangular door frame, and the one at the front of the most holy place was similar. There was a wooden altar three cubits high and two cubits square. Its corners, its base, and its sides were of wood. The man said to me, this is the table that, the, that is before the Lord. Both the main hall and the most holy place had double doors. Each door had two leaves, two hinged leaves for each door. And on the doors of the main hall were carved cherubim and palm trees like those carved on the walls. And there was a wooden overhang on the, the front of the portico. On the side walls of the portico were narrow windows with palm trees carved on each side. The side rooms of the temple also had overhangs. And there is the temple. <laughs> Long reading. You know, but again, it's one of those passages that you know, in, in this vision that Ezekiel sees and you think about Ezekiel's life and his ministry and he's been receiving these visions from the Lord, what an encouragement for him to see. Mm -hmm. Man, he spent so much of his life in exile and now he sees this vision of a restored worship and and he sees, you know, the the, the holy of holies and it's, this is the most holy place and, and yet that most holy place has double doors. You know, mm -hmm. you get the image of, you know, it's again, that, that barrier, mm -hmm. you know, being reminded of, of the holiness of God, that this is the place where God has dwelt. And, mm -hmm. and even Ezekiel in this moment, you know, it's, it's, it, you see the access limited, if you will. Um, so just being reminded that God again will dwell with his people, but he is a holy God. You know, and so as we read this, what are some things that stand out to you guys? Yeah. One of the things is, and we talked about a little bit yesterday, but you know, these people, They've broken the covenant. They've gone after idols. They've been unfaithful. 
And then like, how do you think God should respond? Like most of us would be like, he's done with them. Like he's, mm-hmm. he has no need for them. Why would he ever even engage again? And then when he does engage in this vision, the thing that he offers them, it's not just like, well, here's a little, a little something. He gives them something pretty grand and pretty spectacular and full of hope like we talked about. And so as we're looking at all these details and you're like, my gosh, like what's going on? There is that sense underneath it that this is a gracious God, a compassionate God responding to his people, even in light of their sin and offering them something very spectacular, something they do not deserve. And if, if, if we see it here, how much more can we see it, you know, in the new Testament in Christ Jesus of, mm. of not just given this really special place, but given his son, his one and only son. And so even in this, just seeing what God has given an unfaithful people, the grace he's given them points me to the grace he's also given us mm. in Jesus. I think something that God has really been impressing on my heart just this past year is just the idea of restoration, just how how much he it cares about restoring, um, restoring relationships, restoring creation, like ultimately restoring all of it um, at the end. And so as we read this, I'm just thinking about how he is giving Ezekiel a glimpse of how he is plans to restore worship um, and restore in, in that restore his relationship with his people that they have that they have broken um, and how like what you're saying David how gracious that is for him to do um, but I, I just think it it shows um, how important worship is to him and how important it truly is for us um, that 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 would be what he restores is the temple because the temple is a place where God meets his people um, in that time. And of course, now we have, we are, scripture says that our bodies are the temple because the Holy Spirit comes and resides in us Mm -hmm. um, and meets with us in that way. But yeah, I just think just restoration. I mean, there's something in us that longs for things to be restored and that it's just neat to see how important it is that the temple, I mean, God chose to choose, chose to use the temple as this way to um, encourage Ezekiel and to set his eyes and set his face to the future yeah. messianic. Yeah. And you get these great images too, you know, talking about restoration, talking about just those, those images, you know, you get the images of the palm trees that remind mm-hmm. us of the garden the temple garden. in Eden and, and you get the cherubim and, you know, we've been in Ezekiel. So we remember in the very beginning of Ezekiel when, you know, he Ezekiel has these them. visions of, of God, the cherubim right there. And you think of, I mean, just uh, so much of the Old Testament story, cherubim show up around the presence of God or, you know, to defend. So this this temple being this this place where God's presence will again dwell with mm-hmm. his people as he restores all things, you know, and this is the hope that, that it is held out to the exiles, the hope that's held out to us. You know, is that we again, um, to use the new covenant, you know, language that we will again dwell with our God. He will be our God. We will be his people. This mm-hmm. is the great hope that's held out in this passage. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's it for today. Uh, you know, as we close our time together, Katie, would you pray for us? Yeah. Father, thank you that you um, know what we need. 
and you know that um, you created us as worshipers. And um, I just, I pray that you would just continue to restore um, restore our hearts and um, lead us to, to worship the one true King, um, the only one who is worthy. Um, you are worthy and would you set our hearts on you today as we continue to be in your word, as we live our lives um, would you help us to not com- compartmentalize our lives, but um, that you would be a part of everything that we do um, and that we would uh, just walk with you, Jesus. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.